Please note that this episode contains depictions of abuse, domestic violence, intimate partner violence that some listeners may find distressing. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the first official episode of Her Voice podcast at the University of Toronto. I'm Adrian. I'm Olivia. And we are your hosts for today's episode. For our first-time listeners, Her Voice is a women's empowerment podcast that aims to raise awareness of violence and abuse against women. In today's episode, we will be discussing domestic violence, what exactly it is, why it occurs, who is the most at risk, and the effects the COVID-19 pandemic has had on the intimate partner violence rates in Canada. With the pandemic and the restrictions it brought forward, locked doors and being trapped inside the home can be dangerous, even deadly for many women and sufferers of abuse. In the past two years, Various Canada-wide studies have found an uptick in domestic violence within the home. In fact, based on statistics collected by 17 police services, just within the first four months of COVID-19, a 7% increase in domestic disturbance calls were found, which is much higher than in previous years. However, interestingly enough, though, police reported that incidents of sexual assault and violence decreased drastically, about 27%. That's insane. You know what that means. It means that help was more difficult to access during these times, and these women were forced into silence. Now, with another impending lockdown, many restrictions already in effect, there's cause to be concerned for the safety of those who are restricted from advocating for themselves, instead forcing many women to quietly bear violence in silence. Now, before we continue, I feel like we should first define what domestic violence is. In this case, what we just Focusing on gender-based violence, specifically towards women during this time, not all discounting that men or two are victims, physical, sexual, emotional violence, along with deprivation of basic life needs, all fall under this umbrella. Yep, exactly. And, you know, statistics from the UN have determined that at least one in three women will experience any of these kinds of violence, particularly from their partners and family. And in Canada alone... It has been found that every six days, a woman will suffer deadly consequences. And these are studies based on, you know, things that have been done by the University of British Columbia. Oh, wow. Every six days. That's almost once a week. Yeah. That's, that's very difficult. Yeah. Like imagine suddenly being forced to stay at home and then with the combination of added stressors brought on by COVID, like, you know, financial issues, you lose your job, there's employment interruptions, then you're forced to isolate and you're not able to contact people that you're close to, your your confidants, for example, someone that you can confide in. And, you know, like with all this in mind, it would be natural to see increases in household conflict and it would be natural to see increases in violence as well. In an already abusive household, this would essentially trap the victim with their abuser. For sure. And, you know, with authority figures like public health and political leadership always giving a consistent message to stay home, I feel like a lot of women may be unaware that certain emergency rooms, shelters and transition homes actually remain open during COVID-19. But it's just they may face barriers to assessing these services. Yeah. Medical staff have expressed concern, in fact, that some women may be discouraged from reaching out so as not to overwhelm the system. With that being said, medical staff and the health institution is definitely facing the burden of increased cases. This also might lead to more unavailable units for assistance, along with a lack of space and care for these women. Where do women go, though? 
No, yeah, exactly. And that's that's a cause for concern because we're looking at what's been done and not enough has been done in support or in the way of creating new shelters and accessible resources for help. Like these exact same authority figures are also not explicitly providing people with instructions on how to keep themselves safe, along with, you know, uh, addresses and locations for a shelter without having to look it up somehow. Like what about low income families that don't have access to a computer or a laptop? I'm actually really glad you asked that because while some areas may be available to access in person, this pandemic saw various regions around the country with an uptick in violence. In fact, just last year, the Minister for Women and Gender Equity, Marin Monsa, said that the COVID-19 pandemic has exacerbated the plight of women and families experiencing domestic violence. So like things like calls were up 400% in some of er- these areas. God, that's a lot. With, yeah, I know, right? And the demand for assistance and aid was also increasing. That makes sense. But that's not the worst. What's worse is some shelters have been forced to close, along with others having to enforce capacity restrictions. Just oh at the wrong time, really. Yeah, it is the wrong time. And how, like, how would you even, where would these women go, right? Right. Not to mention, we haven't, sorry, we haven't even scratched the surface of the toll of financial implications brought on by COVID, like with low-income families being unable to access many resources for assistance. Like, you know, furthermore, this increases the possibility of neglect for women and their children who, you know, we have to consider physical disabilities because they may be dependent on each other for mobility. Then you have to get groceries and essential life needs. So while support is available through virtual connections and online communication, and they have like while they are important and have admittedly been offered and increased, this may be less accessible for these low income individuals and people with disabilities, as well as even older adults, because, you know, older people, they aren't very good with technology. Your point about children with physical disabilities and, you know, that really resonated with me because it's really unfair that women have to sacrifice aspects of their career to stay home and take care of their children um, while all while having their mental health becoming worse and their ability to cope with stress decreases. And with all the stress, some women may be taking it out on kids, which is really unfair for these kids. Women also disproportionately hold jobs in the service sector, which has been affected by COVID-19 more than other sectors that you've seen. Um, These job losses, in fact, also lead to income loss, affecting their ability to pay rent, buy groceries, among many other things. Not to mention, women of color face even more barriers that have been exacerbated by COVID. This usually is because of institutional systems in place that disadvantage them from accessing the support they need or from obtaining certain jobs due to systemic racism. But don't forget, this inequality, these structures have long existed before COVID. We need to find ways to dismantle these systems and ways to diversify shelters within different neighborhoods. Yeah, absolutely. If there's more, if there are more shelters in different places and more like cultural friendly shelters, then we can definitely get these, get these women the help they need. Um, Now, like with all of this, if there is a positive thing to come out of it, and this is like a huge understatement, it has been that the women that have unfortunately been forced into a corner where they have no choice but to alert their workplace and the people around them for assistance, which is about 52% of survivors now, as reported by the city of Toronto, which is a huge uptick from last year, or like the years before the pandemic, We're seeing that more women are able to raise awareness to their situation. So, 
you know, with that being done, they're seeing positive results by way of getting themselves the help they need. For sure. And like, you know, a lot of people have called women like resilience, resilient during this pandemic, but they deserve the support they need. Exactly. They shouldn't have to be resilient. This is something that everyone has to help them out somehow. It's it's sort of our duty as human citizens of the world. And I do believe that for these women, help is available for those who are able to seek it and raise awareness of their situation. But again, not many people are have that privilege. They're not able to come out and say that they need help. So it is important to note that the silence we see today from the lack of reported incidents, it does not come from a lack of violence, rather the inability to communicate it. So please seek help by any means necessary if you find yourself in this situation. Help is available and you are never alone. And just remember that you could be asking or seeking for help for yourself, but you might have a friend, a neighbor, or a coworker, or someone else that you feel might need help. So you could even like reach out for help for them. Um, some supports that you could reach out to include the Assaulted Women's Helpline, which is designed to provide anonymous and confidential crisis counseling, informational and emotional support to women. Or you can contact Mental Health Crisis Line, which is available 24-7 and assists people experiencing a mental health problem or crisis. Yeah, thank you, Adrienne, for that. Um, and I guess this is it for our first episode. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you found this week's episode informative and helpful, and we can all begin to do our part in raising awareness for domestic violence victims. In today's episode, we uncovered what domestic violence is and how much of an impact this pandemic is truly having on it. The contact information we mentioned earlier for the resources can be found in the description. In our next episode, we will continue on the topic of domestic violence, but this time with a focus on the victim and abuse prevention methods, how to recognize abusive patterns and seek help, as well as resources available to victims and their families, and what friends and family members can do to help prevent abuse and how they can be of help to the victims. Just as a reminder, if you need help and are in immediate danger, call 911. To find assistance in your area, visit sheltersafe.ca or endingviolencecanada.org. Thank you so much for being here with us today and stay safe.